Hey friends, this is Pastor Clay from the Canton United Methodist Church. This past weekend, I had the opportunity to return home for a weekend of pheasant hunting with family. While I was away, Eric Stearns presented a message based on Exodus 33, centering on the special relationship that God and Moses shared and the times when Moses stepped away from his leadership duties to connect with God. I wanted to take a moment to thank Eric for his willingness to step into the pulpit. Through Eric's reflections, I hope that you are inspired to find a way to connect with God this week. Now let's give our attention to God's Word and Eric's message. All right, our scripture lesson this morning is Exodus chapter 33. And it is on page 102 of your pew Bibles this morning if you want to follow along. The Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought out of Egypt, and go to the land that I promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants. I will send an angel to guide you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. You are going to a rich and fertile land, but I will not go with you myself, because you are a stubborn people, and I might destroy you along the way. When the people heard this, they began to mourn and did not wear jewelry anymore. For the Lord had com commanded Moses to tell them, You are a stubborn people. If I were to go with you even for a moment, I would completely destroy you. Now take off your jewelry, and I will decide what to do with you. So after they left Mount Sinai, the people of Israel no longer wore jewelry. Whenever the people of Israel set up camp, Moses would take the sacred tent and put it up some distance outside the camps. It was called the Tent of the Lord's Presence, and anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go out with it. Whenever Moses went out there, the people would stand at the door of their tents and watch Moses until he entered it. After Moses had gone in, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the door of the tent. The Lord would speak to Moses from the cloud. As soon as the people saw the pillar of cloud at the door of the tent, they would bow down. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but the young man, who was his helper, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed in the tent. Moses said to the Lord, It is true that you have told me to lead these people to the land, but you did not tell me whom you would send with me. You have said that you know me well and are pleased with me. Now if you are, tell me your plans so that I may serve you and continue to please you. Remember also that you have chosen this nation to be your own. The Lord said, I will go with you and I will give you victory. Moses replied, If you do not go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you are pleased with with your people and with me, if you do not go with us. Your presence with us will distinguish us from any other people on earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do just as you have asked, because I know you very well, and I am pleased with you. Then Moses requested, Please let me see the dazzling light of your presence. The Lord answered, I will make all my splendor pass before you, and in your presence I will pronounce my sacred name. I am the Lord, and I show compassion and pity on those I choose. I will not let you see my face, because no one can see me and stay alive. But here is a place beside me where you can stand on a rock. When the dazzling light of my presence passes by, I will put you in an opening in the rock and cover you with my hands until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but not my face. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I think the passage for this morning deserves a little context. In previous chapters of Exodus, Joseph goes up Mount Sinai and stays there for 40 days and 40 nights. 
He's receiving the Ten Commandments and instructions for building the ark to put them in. When you have some time to spare, you should read the previous eight chapters. It is pretty crazy the amount of detail God gives Moses to build the ark and the holy tent. While Moses is away, the Israelites become impatient and beg Aaron, one of the leaders, for a new God, something they can see, touch, and always keep with them. They are looking to replace God with their own idols, and Aaron caves under their pressure. The Israelites melt gold and create a golden calf to worship. At the end of chapter 32, Moses returns from Mount Sinai and discovers the golden calf that his people have been worshiping. Needless to say, he is furious, and so is God. I feel we can relate to this passage from a couple different angles. First, let's discuss the Israelites' angle. The Israelites have just been uprooted from the place they have known their entire life to follow an elderly man wandering around in the wilderness, searching for a place that they have never been before. They are desperate, and they don't know where to turn for hope. I don't know about all of you, but I think if I was in that situation, I would feel the same. If you think about it, we do the same thing sometimes. When we are in tough situations, where do we turn? What is our golden calf? What do we put in his place when we don't feel God's guidance? Now let's look at the side of Moses. Moses is trying to lead a group of whiny people to a place he has never been before. He doesn't know exactly where he is going, but faithfully follows God's instructions. All the people want to do is go back to Egypt, a place they have known their entire lives. I can only imagine how exhausted, defeated, and inadequate Moses must have felt at times during their journey to the Promised Land. This could not have been easy, and yet he continues to press on and do the best he could. So in chapter 33, we jump right into the frustration of God and Moses with the Israelites. God instructs Moses that they need to move on from Mount Mount Sinai to the Promised Land, but states that he can't go with them because he may destroy them. It's kind of like when one of the parents has been home with their kids all day and the other parent gets home to find a house full of screaming kids and a stressed out spouse. This had to be how Moses and God felt. In our house, we don't ever have that happen. (laughs) The two of them tried to do everything they could just to have the Israelites continue to do this. God is so upset with the kids that he states in verse 3, you are going to a rich and fertile land, but I will not go with you myself because you are a stubborn people, and I might destroy you on the way. Never said that to my children either. (laughs) God doesn't seem too happy with his kids. As parents, young and old, we can definitely relate. Growing up, I can only imagine while raising four boys, there were probably times mom wanted to destroy us. God always, er, God, dad always told the joke that if you ever found one of his kids on the side of the highway, stop and check on them because there likely is money in their pockets. Now that we have identified how relatable the story is, let's get into the solution. What does Moses do to solve the conflict that I think can be beneficial in our lives when we encounter frustrating situations or situations where we don't know what to do? After the conflict, Moses walks away. He goes to the sacred tent, which was was the place where people would talk to God and sets it up a distance away from the others. He separates himself from the noise and the pressures of the Israelites. He separates himself from the whining, complaining, and fighting and goes to a place where he can be in a quiet, be in quiet to take a break, a place where he can sit and talk with God and take an opportunity to listen to what God has to say and ask for help. 
Whenever Clay asks me to deliver the message while he is gone, I never know what to say. I often stare at a blank Word document with a flashing cursor with no idea how to even start. To be completely honest, it's pretty intimidating to be up here in front of all of you. This congregation is full of successful people who I have looked up to as I have grown up in this church. Thoughts often cross my mind like, where do I start? Who is this message for? Or what could I possibly say that is going to make an impact on the people of this congregation? Moses had to feel a similar pressure as well. In another passage, we learn there were 600,000 men plus women and children that he led out of Egypt. I cannot imagine the pressure he felt. Now, I am not trying to say that my problems are even as close to the magnitude of Moses' problems. But Moses provides an example of what we can do to help us think clearly in our own lives. Every time I need to write a sermon, I go for a run. I go with no music so that I can spend the time thinking and praying. It allows me 30 to 90 90 minutes of uninterrupted quiet, a place where I can talk to God without distractions. Since I don't have music playing, I get to enjoy the sounds of God's creation all around me. It is usually on a run where the ideas for a sermon come to me. In fact, this past week, I had a completely different passage picked out for this morning's message. But when I went for a run, I cannot help but think about this passage from Exodus and how Moses separated himself from the noise to talk with God. I cannot help but feel a sense of connection to the Scripture with my running experiences. Now, I'm not saying everyone should start running to talk with God, even though it is quite enjoyable. I think we all need to find a quiet place away from everything to stop, think, and pray. We also sometimes need to go out to a quiet place to unwind from a stressful day. This reminds me of one of the greatest kids' shows of all time. The show is called Bluey, and it airs on the streaming service Disney+. Plus. It is on in our house almost daily. The show is a cartoon about a world where dogs are people. The show follows one particular blue healer named Bluey, her sister Bingo, her dad Bandit, and her mom Chili. The show is a great because it teaches life lessons for the kids and also provides relatable humor for parents watching with their kids. It also is great because it's only like 10 minutes long. In one episode, Bluey and her sister Bingo have been extra rambunctious, and her mom Chili has had enough. When Bandit, Bluey's dad, gets home, Chili requests she has 20 minutes to herself. The episode stems around the girls not understanding why their mother could possibly want to be away from them for 20 minutes. The things they try to get her to do, and things Bandit has to has to do to keep them away from their mother, but all she needed was 20 minutes. 20 minutes to unwind from the craziness of raising kids and be able to go back with a better attitude and interact with them again. Sometimes that is exactly what we need. We need some time to ourselves to reflect on the stresses of life and ask God for help, which is exactly what Moses did this morning. When Moses goes to the tent, he pleads with God to lead the people to the promised land. Moses knows that without God's guidance, There is no way he will be able to lead them on his own. After some pleading, God agrees to continue to be with them on their journey. Now I am one to believe that God was never actually going to leave them and let them go on their own. God loves his people too much. God loves us all the same. He's always there for us and wants us to seek his guidance. All too often we try to do it on our own. We turn to other things in life to lead us when we know we should be turning to God. We don't take the time to ourselves away from the noise to talk with God and ask for his help. But God is always there for us and will not leave us. 
We just need to take the time to be quiet and listen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.